Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Tuesday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church, thanking you for joining us today. And I just want to say at the beginning of the broadcast, if you need a place to worship, if you're looking for a place to worship, we would invite you to join us at Hickory Ridge Community Church. We are located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Just go down Battlefield Boulevard South and keep going uh, until you come to the last church in Virginia. We are right on the state line almost of North Carolina and Virginia. We'd love to have you come worship with us. Exciting things are always happening at Hickory Ridge Community Church. And if I can help you in any way, please feel free to give me a call at 757-421-7500. Or you can email me, pastorcorbett at gmail.com. Pastorcorbett at gmail.com and Corbett is spelled C-O-R-B-I-T-T B as in boy I-T-T I'd love to hear from you I'll get back to you just as quick as I can and uh, we would love to talk to you and love to hear what God is doing in your life well you know from time to time all of us battle discouragement and so today I want to give you 10 ways in which you can avoid getting discouraged 10 ways given to us by God's Word of how you can avoid discouragement. We're going to be looking at Psalm 84. Psalm 84 is a powerful, powerful psalm. It is written by the sons of Korah, and they were singers. And if you know your Old Testament, if you have gone back to the Old Testament, we know that they had led a rebellion in Numbers chapter 16 and Numbers chapter 26. And they had led what is called the Korah Rebellion, and many of them died. But you know, they learned their lesson from that rebellion. And their descendants of Korah, the sons of Korah, were actually Levites. And they were the ones who were involved in leading the congregation in worship. They were the worshipers. They were the ones who were the musicians. And they were the ones that would lead a congregation in the temple into worship. So they are the ones that are given the credit for Psalm 84, writing Psalm 84. Charles Spurgeon said of Psalm 84, it is entitled or should be called the pearl of all psalms. If the 23rd Psalm could be the most popular and the 103rd the most joyful, the 119th the most deeply experiential, the 51st Psalm the most plaintive, then this one would be called the sweetest of all of the psalms. It could be called the Psalm of peace. But let's look at this psalm today in the broadcast, and uh, we're just going to look at it quickly, and then we're going to come up with 10 ways in which you can avoid being discouraged. Verse number one, Psalm 84. How lovely are your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out, and it cries out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. How do you get that little phrase? They go from strength to strength. 
not weakness to weakness, or not defeat to defeat. They go from strength to strength till each appears before Zion. They understand that they're going to go in a battle, but they're going to be going in strength. Psalm 84, 7, what a powerful verse that is. Spurgeon continues by saying, they go from strength to strength. There are various renderings of these words, but all of them contain the idea of progress. I want to encourage you to always be progressing in your life. It is one of the antidotes toward battling discouragement. As we look at our transition in life, as you began your day, did you go from strength to strength? That is how you grow stronger. How can this work? How can we go from strength to strength? In 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul says, therefore, we don't lose hearts. And the reason we don't lose heart is because although we are wasting away on the outside, on the inside, we're being renewed day by day, constantly being refreshed. So here are 10 ways in which we can grow stronger spiritually and avoid discouragement. Now, I'm pretty sure you could come up with more than what's on this list, but I think this 10 is a good place to start. Well, number one, if you're going to avoid discouragement, you've got to look at your life and you say, I'm going to be a river and not a swamp. You know, the Bible says rivers of water, living water, will flow from the heart of those who believe in me. That's what Jesus said in John 7, 38. So remember, it is the mountain streams that carry fresh, life-giving water because it flows out. However, a swamp, and if you're from this area, you don't have, uh, we don't have with this huge swamp. It's called the Great Dismal Swamp, right? A swamp is stagnant. It is life-devouring. A swamp will collect and it retains water that comes its way. Don't be that kind of person who seeks to accumulate much before allowing just a little bit to flow through. When I think about the Dead Sea, and one of these days, I'm going to go over to the, to the Dead Sea. One of these days, Lord willing, I'm going to take a trip to Jerusalem and, and to Israel. The Dead Sea is located between Israel and Jordan, and it parts at the West Bank. It is a salt lake, and it is a lake that is also called by the name of Sea of Death, Salt Sea, the Sea of Lot's. Remember, Lot's wife was turned to a pillar of salt. The Dead Sea is also the lowest water body on the earth because it's located in the lowest elevation of the globe. The Dead Sea's water is about 10 times saltier than the ocean. Uh, we live here right near the Atlantic Ocean. The Dead Sea has 10 times more salt than the Atlantic Ocean. You see, you won't find any motorboats in the Dead Sea. You won't find any water vehicles, any you know, water wave uh, vehicles. It is a beautiful, pristine lake, but it's also a place where nothing lives. They say that the Dead Sea is a place where you will not drown because you cannot sink. The rocks and the sand shimmer on the water's edge, and that is due to the presence of sodium chloride. As we look at the hills of Judea when you're on the Dead Sea, you see the beautiful Jordan Mountains, and visitors can come and enjoy the healing properties of the Dead Sea. People also discover that it helps their bodies, and they even will take the mud and make a mask out of her sun for sunbathing. This allows their bodies to absorb the acid and the minerals that are present within that clay. But is the Dead Sea really dead? The answer is apparently yes. 
You can expect not to find birds, fish, or plants in or around the Dead Sea due to the fact that they cannot operate at such a low level and they cannot operate with such a high level of salt content. When we look at that verse that we talked about in Psalm 84, verse number 7, it says they go from strength to strength. Too many times we wrongly think that strength is given by absorbing and holding on to something. Strength is given as we pass things along. We go from strength to strength. In other words, we are given a provision and we pass that provision along. On a journey, especially a difficult journey, the usual pattern that we go through is we start off strong and then we get weak or we become fatigued. But it's not so when it comes to tapping into the strength of God. It says they go from strength to strength. In other words, they receive strength from God, they receive power from God, and then they get more power from God as they use the power that God gives them. You see, the further they travel onward in a journey, instead of becoming faint, instead of becoming weary, as travelers often do, they actually become stronger. I want to encourage you today. You will overcome discouragement if you are constantly feeding your life into the life of others. Be a river and not a swamp. Well, number two, I've discovered that people that rarely battle discouragement are people that are extremely thankful. You see, too often we go through life totally oblivious to the good things that are flowing into our lives. One of the best things about thankfulness is that the more you choose it, the easier it gets. The more you profess gratitude, the more you notice things to be thankful for. Those thankfulness muscles respond to exercise. You see, when the Prince of Peace, that is Christ, rules in our hearts, we can't help but be thankful. Thankfulness will just overflow. Even in the darkest of times, we can praise God for His love, His sovereignty, and His promise to be near us when we call. As a matter of fact, here's a biblical reference for that. Psalm 145, verse number 18. Well, here's the third way to avoid discouragement and to spiritually mature. Number three, be like Moses. That is, speak words of blessing. Let me tell you the the words that Moses shared, and it's called the high priestly prayer. Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. As a matter of fact, I have this verse going up the stairwell in my house, and I'm reminded every time I go up that flight of stairs and ready to turn to, to the next flight of stairs, Numbers 624 says, May the Lord bless you. May he protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor, and may he give you his peace. How do we bless others? We bless others by giving them words of encouragement, saying, Lord, protect them. Lord, encourage them. Allow your face to smile upon them. You see, blessing others encourages me. The more I bless others, the more I actually become encouraged. Now, as we look at the motivation for this, I think it's so important when we think about motivation. Now, we cannot discern the motivation of others, but we can discern our own motivation. In your heart of hearts, why are you encouraging somebody else? Are you encouraging somebody else so they give you a that boy back? Will you bless them so they will bless you back? Now, that will often be the case, but that should not be the primary motivation for why we do that. Paul put it this way. In Philippians chapter 2, he says, 
Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only on his own interests, but also the interests of others. Well, here's the fourth way that you can enjoy victory in your life. You can grow and you can avoid being discouraged. Number four, be prayerful. Increase the amount of time that you spend in prayer by sharing in prayer with others. You know, some of the ways that you can do this is by joining us for a conference call prayer every Thursday morning, 5 a.m. Now, if you would like to join us for this conference call, if you will give me a call at 757-421-7500, 757-421-7500, I will give you the access code. I'll give you the phone number. You can join us Thursday morning, 5 a.m. By the way, we do it every Thursday. If Christmas falls on a Thursday, then we'll do it at Christmas Day. Thanksgiving morning, we do it bright and early on Thanksgiving morning. I want to encourage you to join us in a time of prayer. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, that's okay. You can just join us and listen. You can put it on speakerphone. You can hit uh, the mute on your microphone, and you can just listen. You can just listen to what we are praying about. And I have discovered the way we learn how to pray is by listening to others pray. You know, I became a passionate soul winner by going out with a guy by the name of J.O. Grooms and sharing the gospel with people. I just did what he did. Jesus told the disciples, in this matter you pray. Jesus taught the disciples to pray, and he gives them a prayer. You learn to pray by watching and joining others in prayer. You know, prayer does something else for you. I don't think I know of a strong prayer warrior who battles discouragement. It's almost like if you're a strong prayer warrior, you cannot or you are immune to being discouraged. Why? Because anytime those little hints of discouragement come into your life, you cast it onto the Lord. You give it back to Him. And as a result of constantly doing that, habitually doing that, you no longer battle discouragement. Well, here's a fifth way in which you can defeat discouragement in your life. Be faithful. You see, spiritual growth means taking a leap of faith from time to time. As we think about taking leaps of faith, we will never be able to take a large leap of faith until we have learned to be faithful. Jesus put it this way, if you're faithful in the little things, I will make you ruler over mighty things. Rather than trying to get everything in place before you start something important, why not follow God's leading? It means being part of a small group. It means taking a small step of faith. You know, when you look at somebody, you say, man, that guy's got a lot of faith, or that, that lady has a lot of faith. I promise you, they learned that faith muscle by being faithful in the little things, the behind the scene things, doing things that nobody else even noticed that they were doing. You know, as you think about being faithful, there are so many opportunities for us to exercise our faith. Being faithful in coming to work on time, being faithful in paying your bills, right? These are simple little things. Being faithful in going to church. I remember many years ago, there was a guy, his name was Richard. Richard was lost. Now, when I say Richard was lost, Richard was as lost as Job's turkey, whatever that means, right? In other words, Richard had no future hope spiritually. He was a man who managed to pretty much alienate and ostracize everybody in his family. 
Richard had a, a cousin, and his cousin was praying for him. Richard's cousin was praying that he would get saved. Richard's cousin called me one day and said, I heard that Richard's wife's been coming to your church. I'm trying to get Richard to come. Would you go by and invite him? And I said, I sure will. I went by and invited him. And you know, Richard didn't receive my invitation very well. But after I visited with him, his cousin called me back. He says, thank you for going by to see Richard. He really enjoyed the visit. I said, well, he sure could have fooled me. I said, I didn't think he enjoyed the visit at all. And the cousin said, yeah, he enjoyed the visit. And as a matter of fact, he's going to come to church on Sunday. And I gave him a challenge. I said, now, Richard, I want you to go to church. And would you do this for your cousin? Would you go to the church and don't miss a Sunday? Go for eight Sundays straight. Don't miss a Sunday. Go faithfully eight weeks in a row. And when you go to church, go and listen. Don't go with any preconceived notions. Don't go with a closed mind. Just listen to what the guy has to say. Well, you know, Richard made that commitment. He said, okay, I will go to Hickory Ridge Community Church for eight Sundays in a row. After about the fourth Sunday of Richard coming, I noticed that he was coming faithfully. And I said, Richard, I'm so glad that you're coming every Sunday. And he said to me, he said, Pastor, I got a lot of questions. Can he come by and see me? I said, I'd sure love to come by and see you, Richard. So I went by that week to see Richard. And I sat down with him on his couch. His wife was there. And he had these greyhound dogs were there. They had these retired greyhound dogs. And they sat up there with us. And I opened up God's word. And I shared the gospel with Richard. I talked to him about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ. And I said, now, Richard, this is what Christ has done for you. Richard throws up his hands and he says, well, I know all this, but what am I supposed to do next? What's the next step? I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I know that he rose again three days later. I know that I'm a horrible sinner, but what do I need to do next? I said, well, Richard, the next thing you need to do is believe. Believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again, and then confess it with your mouth. And right there in his living room, he bowed with me and his wife bowed with me, and they both received Christ as Lord and Savior. Their lives were radically changed. The next Sunday, I baptized him. I baptized his wife, and I had his cousin come, and his cousin came and preached, and he was so excited that Richard got saved. Now, Richard made a commitment. He was going to be faithful and going to church eight Sundays in a row. After four Sundays, he ended up getting saved, but he continued on with that commitment. And I want you to know that he was an active member of our church until the day he died. As a matter of fact, he died on a Sunday. I'll never forget the Sunday that Richard Church died. That morning, he came to church. I spoke with him and I said, hey, how you doing, Richard? He said, I'm feeling kind of tired, Pastor. He said, I don't know, I'm just worn out. Later on that afternoon, he went home, and he was up in his upper room uh, above the garage, and he just fell asleep. God took him on home. Late that Sunday night, his wife called me, and I went over there, and I said, isn't this wonderful? Richard Church spent the last day of his life worshiping the Lord. He came to church on Sunday morning, and then he went home Sunday afternoon. His wife made a, a nice meal for him. He spent some time with his wife, and, and then he went upstairs in the room over the garage, and, and he was putting together some pictures. He's a photographer, and he's putting some pictures together, uh, a little collage thing he was making, and then, and then the Lord just took him on home. You see, prayer changed the life of Richard Church. He was faithful in carrying out a commitment. He had a cousin who fervently prayed for him, and as a result, he was gloriously saved. 
If you're going to be one who avoids discouragement in your life, you must be one who is faithful, one who who is prayerful. And then we're way down on number six on our list. You got to be connected. Today, make time to heal a wounded heart, to extend kindness to somebody who really needs a friend, or to help gather up pieces of a broken dream. Today, do whatever you can to radiate God's unconditional love. If this is going to happen, you've got to be connected. Last Sunday afternoon, we gathered together with our small group leaders, and they were concerned about how do they grow a small group and how do they multiply a small group. And they were looking at all the hurdles that were involved and talking about how difficult it is sometimes to get people to commit. So they had people who say, I could be at small group and then they don't show up. And people say, well, I'll bring some food. And then they didn't, they didn't even show up and bring their food. And I said to the group, I said, one of the ways I found to build a healthy and a strong group is be well-connected with them. And I said, the only way you can well-connect with people is you got to be passionate about them. And then I shared with them the fact that passion cannot be faked. You can't fake passion. You can't pretend to be passionate about somebody. And I said, how passionate are you about the people in your group? I said, how many times have you woke up in the middle of the night and prayed for a group member? I told him, I said, you know, just that morning, that was on a Sunday afternoon. I said, this this morning at 4 a.m., I woke up and I was praying for one of the members in our small group, and she's in the hospital. And we are so well connected. Now, now we're almost too well connected because she calls me all the time. And I said, that's okay. And I told her, I said, sometimes I can't get to your call that moment that you call me, but, but I said, I'll get back to you just as soon as I can. How connected are you with the people that you claim to love? Your family, your church family. You see, when you stay connected with people, that is the antidote to discouragement. Because when your dreams are broken and you're connected well with people, you're able to weep with people who weep. You're able to celebrate with those who celebrate. Just this weekend, I'm going to a big graduation party. Uh, and I, I, matter of fact, I got two of them to go to this weekend. People who graduate from college and from high school. Excited about the fact that they have made a milestone. Uh, they've passed a milestone in their lives. Well, there's another way to defeat discouragement. And that is not only being connected, not only being prayerful, not only being faithful, but we'll wait out on the list number seven. Look for ways to serve others. Opportunities to serve other people. You know, it's amazing when you think about opportunities to serve others. It is almost energizing. I know it gets tiring sometimes to serve people, but I've discovered that it creates this, this energy, and you wonder where it comes from. Now, maybe the mothers who are listening to me today can relate to this. Uh, my wife is not a morning person. Any non-morning people out there listening to me on the broadcast today, my wife is not a morning person. As a matter of fact, she'll often say, I don't even think I'm saved before nine o'clock in the morning, right? Uh, so what happens, my wife and I are opposites, right? Uh, most days I'm up by five, uh, 5.30 the latest. Some days I'm up at two or three or four o'clock in the morning. As a matter of fact, many of the sermons that I write are written in the middle of the night because I wake up in the middle of the night and I just start uh, reading God's word and I start writing out what God places upon my heart. Uh, so my wife and I are opposites. Now, I remember when we had our kids, my wife who doesn't like to get up early, if one of those babies started crying, she would have like, she'd be like superwoman. All of a sudden she got up and she'd spring up out of that bread. And I'm like, honey, where'd you get all this energy from, right? She said, one of the babies are crying. One of the babies needs me. 
And she almost had like this superhero initiative behind her, this drive behind her. What was causing her to do that? She was serving somebody that she loved, and she was given that power to serve. I want you to know that if you are a servant with a servant's heart, it will be the antidote to discouragement in your life. You know, so many people don't have enough to do to keep themselves busy, and so they stay at home and, and, they, and they start pondering all the things that are bad and all the things that are wrong. And, uh, and no, no, just get out there and start to be an answer to the problem, not just one who analyzes problems. Listen, we don't need any more armchair quarterbacks. We got enough of those in the church, right? People tell me, well, pastor, this is what you ought to do. Well, I don't care what we ought to do. What are we going to do, right? Let's do it, right? Uh, the old Nike commercial, just do it, right? Just get up there and do it. Be a servant. Well, number eight, I got to go fast because our time is running away. You got to be meditative on God's word. You know, the Bible is loaded with verses of comfort and encouragement and words that will really give you wisdom. So make it a habit of reading God's word daily. Number nine, be reliable. Do what you can to when whoever you can, whether it's convenient or not. Follow through with your commitments. And then last but not least, don't forget to worship. There's something about worship. And the Bible says in Psalm 150, verse number six, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that is an antidote to discouragement. Well, thank you so much for listening to the broadcast. God bless you. I'll talk with you tomorrow. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.